This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Report on the Vibe, sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. The voice of South Yorkshire and North Derbyshire. BBC Radio Field. Here's Odijay trying to get the better of Risa, using good body strength. In towards Howard, down he goes, and Barnsley claiming a penalty there, and Martin Atkinson not giving it. Big, big decision right at the end of the game in added time. Adijay goes up for it, away by Carragher. Howard's there once more. Still it's Howard, still going. Here. But, uh, and how much is 
come up as well. That is a diagonal cross. It is on a chain. Five past five on a Wednesday afternoon. You're listening to The Vibe. This is The Reds Report with Kyle Walker and Carlo van der Watering. Two matches to talk about this week. FA Cup, we progress after a fine win against Southend. Um, but we fell to the sword against a, uh, I suppose, a pacey and very young Manchester City under-21 side in the Checker Trade Trophy. Plenty to talk about today. This is The Reds Report, live on The Vibe. Perfection. Welcome everyone, whether you're listening live or on the podcast, this is the Red Report. This is your weekly, I suppose, dose of Barnsley FC. Everything you want to know and probably much, much more. Uh, you can get involved on Twitter, but just before we go, you might not get a quick reply because there's only me and Kyle in the studio and it's going to be very awkward for us to talk and man uh, the Twitter machine as well. But by all means, get involved at Red Report underscore and um, let us know what you think. So, Kyle... We're here again, Wednesday afternoon, how are we doing? Uh, not bad, you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, I suppose we've got plenty to talk about. Um, FA Cup, fine wins against Southend away, and that brought us uh, 
Because number what was what, sixty nine? What were we in the in 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 the, in the draw? I can't remember what number. Ball number. We yeah, forty nine. Forty nine. I don't know why I went with sixty nine. <laughs> it's a whole other show. Um. So yeah, ball number forty nine, and I suppose a decent away draw. Um. For us uh, in the next round, we're going to talk about that. Um. Check it trophy. Uh, you know, love it, hate it, whether you agree with it or not. Our team played yesterday, so I think it's only right that we uh, we, we talk about the performance. Some of the players that um, caught our eye, not only those in red, but also those in uh, in light blue. And then there's a small matter of an away match at Wickham Wanderers. So, first things first, South End. And before kick-off, did, did you felt... Was this a bit of a, a banana skin tie for you? Was this one of them because they know us, we've known them, obviously we've played them already, and although it was a, it was a win. Um, I, I didn't feel very confident going into it. How, how did you feel? It was one of them sort of games, like we've played them at Oakwell, we've got a little bit of a feel of how they like to play. Um, it's, it was one of them games like you thought, you know, all-league one tie, and both sides put out a pretty strong side, and, and um, Barnsley came out on top, not luckily in the end, but, you know, quite comfortably. Um, yeah, it will, it's never a sort of tie you want, is it? An all-league tie. Um, but Barnsley got the job done and, and they threw to the third round. And I suppose n- nobody ever spoke about how fantastic you were to go through to round three because I think round three is where, the, I suppose, the competition is. Um, it is, I suppose, quite re- refreshing that he, he treats the cup with the utmost respect on his standal because the team he put out is very much a first-choice team or who on that week or on that day is the fittest, isn't it, for Barnsley? Yeah, I mean, I remember going to a press conference last Thursday and Winkler said that, you know, they might not play the full-strength squad, but it'll be a, a strong squad. To me, it were a very, very strong squad, if not the first team that he'd usually play. Um, and we, we've spoke to him this season. He does like to take FA Cup and any cup, for that matter, very seriously. Like he said... Checker trade trophies were easiest chance Barnsley might get a silverware this season. A trip to Wembley, um, yeah, he does. He treats it with a lot of respect. He puts the best side possible out for and the best chance for Barnsley to progress in the cups. Yeah, so um, same league opposition in South End um, deserved winner in the end, Barnsley. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say so. They just edged it throughout the ninety minutes, but South End, you know, they did give us a bit of, a bit of a scare. You know, they got the sends back into it a couple of times at one one and then three two made it nervy going into the last you know ten minutes of game. So yeah, they they put up a good good performance, but in and best team won. Any um players that caught your eye that were outstanding that you thought you know he he was absolutely fantastic. A lot of people talking about Barry at the press conference saying he wanted to get a goal. He got his goal. Um. And very much involved with everything, wasn't he, on the uh, on, on the Saturday down at Wendan and Southend? Yeah, he sounded sound like his best performance in a Barnsley shirt. And obviously, like we've said off air, you, you said you can't really judge it if, if he had a great game against an Everton under-21 side because you don't know what level they're at. And against Southend, you know what level they're at. They've got a strong side. It's a League One side. So maybe Barra's coming through and showing his good signs now. <laughs> And that's important, isn't it? Because I suppose after Kenny Dougal, Kenny Dougal came in at the start of the season, um, first friendly that he was involved in, which the day after he signed was the, the whole match in which he scored after like four minutes, quickly became a fan's favourite on the pitch, one of the, I suppose early season, definitely one of our better players, organised, eye for a pass, eye for a shot. Unfortunately, he got the uh, injury and obviously, you know, I say long term, he's probably out for qu- quite a few weeks yet. 
but it was a key position for us, wasn't it? A central midfield. And we've seen various people sort of filling in. I know Potts at one point, or he's now being sort of shipped out on the wing. Munkers had a goal. Bear has had a goal. Um, where do you stand um, in, in sort of central midfield at the moment? Like, who, who would be a natural stand-in while ever uh, Bearer can't play? Uh, I mean, for me, like we've seen Cameron McGee, and he's also had a, a bit of a, a go in central midfield. But for me, I'd probably... I'd want to start Monker. Um, I just feel like when he's when he's on the pitch, he brings that more attacking fluency to Barnsley, and and getting up the pitch is probably where Barnsley are doing well at the moment. To be honest, it's probably at back where they're leaking a bit of goals, which they probably need to tighten up on. Um, but for me, I think I'd, I'd start Monker. But like we said, there's there's a lot of competition while. Um, Dougal's out which will probably be good for all players in a, in a, a different way yeah I mean we're going to talk about it um, after um, after the first break in which we'll uh, we'll play some music um, Jared Bird filled the position yesterday um, and we're going to talk about Jared Bird did okay you know he seems a very tenacious you know tackles going in not easy to get off the ball um, unfortunate for Jared with Munker McGeehan um, Bearer and Dougal probably all in front of him at the moment. Yeah, it's, it is unfortunate. You know, he's still a young player, though. He can only get better uh, with a youth setup that we've got. But we'll talk later about January. But you know, he might an option for him might be to go out and get a bit of game time at maybe a League Two, National League side, something like that. Um, yeah, it's stiff composition in Barnsley's midfield, like, like you're saying. But I just think I think that's good for each player in an individual way. Yeah, definitely. So, Barnsley deserved winners in the end. Um, refreshing, isn't it, when you have a strike force of two players that are performing both at top of the game after the match, I believe. Kiefer Moore, 6-6, six six, Woodrow, 5-5. Five five. Surely that has to be the envy of, of League One at the moment. If This is a crucial period, isn't it? We've always said if you can be in that, let's say, ideally in the top two, but if you can, in that top three or four, come the end of that first year, so come the end of December, um, fantastic time of the year for both of them to be in fine striking form. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, w- we've been talking about this partnership for quite a bit now, even when Woodrow were out injured and he's come in and they just seem to feed off each other and the two different, totally different uh, styles of play, different players and I feel like they do feed off each other and um, we've seen Woodrow at Southend he bagged a couple of goals in it, so and and Kiefer Moore also scored. So it's clearly working for Barnsley, and like you said, it's come right at, at the right time. Yeah, after a long patient wait, Coley Woodrow or Scully Woodrow is alive. He is scoring. He's in fine form. He was one of the players in the starting eleven yesterday against Manchester City under twenty ones in the Checker Trade Trophy, and we're discussing that match next. This is for the fans. The vibe. Yeah. 
song sips from folly sake And drink a bottle full of rain Four and twenty blackbirds in a cake And bake them all in a pie by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. And you're back on the vibe. Wednesday afternoon, this must be the Reds Report. Well, it better be, otherwise we're in the wrong studio. Um, so, Kyle, we digested Southend, FA Cup victory. Um, I might as well go in there, don't we? So we went into the draw. Um, everybody asking for a Liverpool, a Man City, a Man United, everything else. Uh, we ended up a Premier League opposition in Burnley, away, Turf Moor, Initially, I thought, well, I'd rather play Burnley than Liverpool because I think against Burnley, we've got a chance. You know, they're not doing very well. There's a manager under pressure, like we've just said. Um, there's no fear for us, is there? We tend to play better against teams that are, you know, above us in a different league. Um, I thought it was a decent tie. It's your opinion. I mean, we, we all wanted a big sort of club. I mean, I, I wouldn't have minded a, a lower league sort of club, you know, like your Grimsby, something like that. Um, probably an easier chance of progressing but Burnley away like you said we've got a chance it's one of them games he's under pressure and I'm sure Stendhal will be reiterating you know you've got nothing to lose go out there play football and just give the sense best chance possible uh, trying to get to the forefront but if if you lose it's not seen as a failure but if you win it's seen as a you know quite an achievement I mean you only have to look at Lincoln a few seasons ago they went to Turf Moor and won 1-0 on that FA Cup run they had so that just proves a better hope for us and, and Burnley, like you said, not in best of form. And obviously, I mean, I, you know, I don't play active football. Some say I never played, but um, 
is it not better for confidence to go out against the Premier League team than maybe to play Grimsby and, and, and lose out to Grimsby? I don't know. Does it do so? Do you, do you wonder, does it do something to the confidence? Because I think you could go to Turf Moor, play like we like to play with the high pressing. If you lose 2 0, everybody say, well, you know what? They were really good on the day. They are Premier League. The two leagues above us, no matter if they're 24th or 3rd, they're still two leagues above us. And therefore, we gave it us all. And there's no fear, is there? Short underdog label that has to suit us, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean. Being labelled favourites in FA Cup's never a good thing, I don't think, because we all know what can happen in FA Cup. Um, yeah, I think it'd, it'll suit us better being underdog. You know, we've got no to lose. Go out there and just show what we can do. Like you said, we go out to him. It's not really seen as a, a bad thing. They're a Premier League club, two yeah. leagues apart. So, I suppose the only thing that you, we, we, we could look at and we, we should look at um, is that New Year's Day away at Luton, um, which... Well, I presume, but I don't know, I presume they'll travel down the day before because it's the 1st of January, isn't it? So I wonder if they'll have New Year as a team somewhere and have like a, you know, maybe a Weetabix with a bottle of Schlurs, <laughs> non-alcoholic. Um, and then maybe travelling back on the 1st and then getting ready for another way match. But at least it's just over the Pennines. Because if you'd have drawn, let's say, a Swansea or a Cardiff or whatever, it's travelling again, isn't it? At least it's reasonably close by. Um, and we know, Barnsley fans know, well, whatever allocation we get, we'll sell out because we do take a good following, don't we? Yeah, I mean, especially it's a Roses derby as well, so that adds a little bit more spice to it, if, you, if you'd say. We, we played them a few, se- well, more than a few seasons ago in Championship when we were both there, so it's not an away, away match that fans haven't been to before, but yeah, I, I suppose it's sort of one of them games where Barnsley will probably sell out. Like you said, it's totally different now. We're in League One there in Premier League. It's seen as a you know a big tie for Barnsley. And it'll be interesting to see, I mean, I know it's, it's still a few weeks to go, whether Sean Dyche takes it serious, whether the FA Cup something he's focusing on or not, because some people will say, and I suppose they're quite right, you look at the top two in the League One at the moment, you've got a Portsmouth, who has our, we've got at home next a week on Saturday and you've got Sunderland we went to the Stadium of Light a couple of weeks ago on a Tuesday night and we lost um, I suppose a good test of where we are really isn't it testing it against an opposition higher than us just to take stock off you know I know we, you know, we all won the 4-0 wins and we've had quite a few we've also had a few losses we had the first loss yesterday at home in the Checker Trade Trophy so I don't know whether that counts or not but for us it does um, so it would be interesting to take stock and to see actually where we are because when you become the underdog, for some players, suddenly there's another 5 or 10%, isn't there, to, to, to perform? Yeah, it's it's going to be good to see. It, like you say, it's going to measure where we're at and probably Stendhal will play, you know, his first choice team that he'll play in the league. And I think it's a good a good thing for players to see where they're at personally um, and if they're good enough to make, you know, a sort of, you know, championship, low Premier League, whatever, it's a good chance for everyone to showcase what they can offer. Definitely. Um, so we'll uh, we'll leave the FA Cup for now, but we, you know, we're happy with the draw, aren't we? I yeah. think so. Not a draw, well, the draw, but we'll go there and hopefully put up a, a performance and win. Uh, we talked earlier about the um, uh, about Kiefer Moore, uh, Coley Woodrow, absolutely fantastic. Um, Elliot, uh, Elliot Lee, no, that's what's on your screen, Carlo. Kiefer Moore has been rewarded, I suppose, with uh, a nomination for um, EFL League One Player um, of the, of the uh, month of November. He's up against, there you go, Elliot Lee, uh, Luton Town, Ada McGeady, Sunderland, uh, Jason Pearce, Charlton. Now, Jason Pearce, obviously as a defender, 
you know. Uh, but they've only considered two goals in four games, so that says something. Um, Aidan McGeady, um, he scored four goals, set up two. Elliot Lee, I mean, again, isn't it? This it didn't work for him, did it, when he, when he was playing here? Um, he scored five goals and assisted another, which are good figures. And the little bit about Kiefer Moore. Uh, Basley scored six league goals in November. Moore scored four and set up another one. And then two goals with typical towing headers because it, it seems to be Mowood corner, Kiefer Moore goal. Um, deservedly for Kiefer Moore? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he had that little little run in the form where he weren't quite hitting back at net, but he seems to have found his feet again and I think he seems to have found his sort of like partnering crime for a different team, shall we add, in Corley Woodrow. So, yeah, I think it's deserved and I think, you know, he's up against some tough opposition, so if he doesn't get it, it's still quite a compliment to him to have sort of received that nomination. Interesting what you said. Um, he, he has come back into form. He had a little bit of a spell. Never let his head down. Still worked us out. The balls just weren't going in. He seems to have got smack bang in form with the arrival of, well not the arrival because he was here already but sort of like when we saw that Coley Woodrow was a, a hu- real human being with legs and arms and everything <laughs> and he could play football and it seems that when he started and he got the confidence straight away as well with a goal in his first league appearance and first cup appearance that he seems to get the best out of Kiefer Moore so exciting times for Barnsley fans isn't it with Dole too as a striking partnership yeah definitely like we've, we spoke about it earlier on like the feed off each other is what I can see and you know, for Corley Woodrow to come in and you know start at such quick pace after that injury he had, I think he deserves a lot of credit for. You know, Barnsley fans were expecting him to come in and hit ground running. Obviously, if he didn't, fan, some fans might get on his back. But we all know, after a, such a serious, lengthy injury, you can't just return to form as you were before. But he seems to have done it, and, and you know, fair play to him. Yeah, I think they said he's still sort of like on, on 80, 85 percent. So there's still more to come. Uh, now, Coley Woodrow, one of the starters yesterday in the checker trade at the first knockout uh, match, wasn't it? Um, because we finished up all our league, we were guaranteed a home draw, and we were drawn against the Manchester City um, under 21s. Um, now we've talked about it before. We don't have to sort of approach it again, I suppose. But there are those that that stay away. And you know what? Absolutely fantastic. I went because I want to support the team. You were there as well on duties as official match commentary for hospital uh, for the hospital radio. Um, very entertaining match, I thought. Yeah, I mean, before game, we, we previewed it before and we were expecting an end-to-end game and, you know, we weren't expecting as many goals as what we got, but I suppose the the fans who did go last night got the money's worth. Good game of football and it just... Both teams had, you know, defensive traits that can be worked on, but... Both teams' attacking sort of styles clearly work because of this six-goal thriller. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's, let's talk about Barnsley first then yesterday. Um, you know, what number would you put on it? 75, 80% sort of almost full-strength team. Obviously, we saw the likes of Ryan Williams in there. Uh, not Ryan Williams, Jordan Williams. Yeah. We've got so many Williams. But Ben Williams, we used to have Ryan Williams. Now we've got Jordan Williams. Um, Jada Bird played as well. Victor Adebidejo played up front. Um, defensively yesterday, let's just take rather individual. Let's just go. First of all, Adam Davies did all right, did he? I mean... Be honest. Tell us. You could tell us, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was sort of caught up in, you know, between commentary and watching it, sort of, but I suppose a lot. Of, the the defence have took a lot of flack for, you know, them just walking through them almost, for the, especially for the first goal. 
Davy should have done better. I mean, for me, I thought he were a good save initially, and he's just a follow up. Yeah. And and what can he do about that? Um, for I mean, I suppose he, that second goal, I thought for Man City were just you know phenomenal goal. What can Davis do about that? <laughs> they had some, and we will point them out in a bit. They had some players that I think in two three years time. They might not be in a Man City first team, but you can see them in a, a sort of average champion, uh, an average Premier League team or a very, very good championship team become the blossom because some of them, the pace was just absolutely lightning yesterday, wasn't it? Um, the midfield was interesting yesterday. Uh, when you sort of look at um, TM, Potts, Barry, Bird, I mean, that, that, that seems like almost like a, a made-up midfield, doesn't it? With yeah. with Bearer and Bird uh, both in the middle, Potts on one wing, Tiam on the other. Um, I mean, I'll go first, just so glad I have my chest. I thought Mamadou Tiam looked off it a bit yesterday. I thought he looked low in confidence. I thought he struggled getting past, obviously, you know, his, his designated man. Um, his, his body language looked... I don't, I don't mean negative, like, but it, it, it just looked... Yeah, not like the Mamadou team we see. Sometimes you see a Mamadou team who gets really frustrated because it's not working, but yesterday I thought he was very quiet. Um, tried tried his best, don't get me wrong, it just didn't work. The moment he went up for his penalty, I, I, I said to Steve, who went to my mate, I said, I was going to miss this. Because you, you could just tell. What, what was your opinion? Because you did the, the radio yeah. portal, like we said, on hospital radio. What was your observations around Mama yesterday? I, again, I don't think he had the best game, like you said, quiet. And... He didn't seem to show as much effort, fight, stuff like that, that he'd usually... Well, he does he usually show it, you know. There's a lot of thing around Mamadou Tiam. Is he good enough, this, that, and whatever. Um, he almost looked a little bit unfit for me last night, you know, when he was chasing balls down, or whether that's just the Man City pace that's showing me that, I don't know. Um, when he was going to take that penalty, I, on air, I just said, I'm not confident for this. I, I just wasn't confident. We um, uh, just uh, tweeted Gareth J um, loaned the two wingers from last night. Uh, we're going to talk about the um, the transfer periods coming up in January. Um, I thought those two in their central defender looked a bit like Sané because he had that haircut kind of thing. Um, absolutely outstanding and probably bright futures for him. The lad with number eighty three, I can't remember his name, but in in the East End we just called him eighty three because when he scored, was it, he was that was the first goal, wasn't it, that he yeah, scored? He scored the goal and it took him about ten minutes to come back from the goal area, back over the halfway line, and he got a bit of abuse from the Barnsley faithful. Well deserved abuse, I thought. Um, and that sort of continued. But then when he scored a uh, penalty, he did applause. And afterwards, he did applause to fans. What a prospect he was. His pace, he could... He, he, he went from 0 to 60 in 0.3 seconds, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, going back to that tweet, you can just almost imagine him in a Barnsley side getting past the defender. And if he's got a good cross, the height of Moore or the sort of finishing ability from Corley Woodrow, it had worked really well. He, he took Pinnock a lot last night he went past him like boom gone and Pinnock were just left there unbelievable pace yeah it was um, Gareth Jay saying two weeks from last night we just discussed one of them um is it maybe Ryan Hedges unfortunately broke a toe out for a few weeks? The other winger that we had or brought in a couple of seasons ago, but due to illness, having a bit of a bad time of it is, of course, Lois Isgrove. Because yesterday somebody said, if only we had somebody with a bit of pace on the wing that could do that. And, well, that was always going to be Lloyd Isgrove. Just not worked out for him, has it? No, I mean, since his first loan spell with club, you know, he played really well in League One when we were last the year, scored in playoff final. 
and we were all fans were hoping, you know, let's get him on a permanent. He's come and it's just not quite worked out for him. He's been quite injury prone this season. He's got a lot of injuries to face. We don't know when he's going to be back or if he's even got a future now at Barnsley. It's hard, isn't it? Because if he if he is involved, he was involved in a couple of the checker trade trophies. But he, he sort of he, one of them he, he started, but then he came off at half time, and he gets dribs and drabs, and then he gets injured. And it's very hard because I suppose every player needs a consistent run. You need to earn it in training, and and then then hopefully you get a consistent run. Um, Ivan Shelton on on Twitter just said number eighty three, and and that was him. I mean his name. Um, of course, I suppose, and we can talk about it, Man- Manchester City. Most of these were not. English kids with a bright future in football that play for their local team, a bit like like Barnsley. A lot of these French all over. One is from Paris Saint-Germain, I believe, they brought over. Um, this was a group of, can we say probably one of, you know, one of the, the brightest set of footballers or, you know, some of them anyway, in Europe because all sorts of nationalities there yesterday. And I'm not knocking that because look at Manchester City team itself. Yeah. But it's... It, it, Although it was an under-21s team, at times, you could tell that these lads are just another thing. It was almost like watching when, when John Stones used to play for Barnsley. I know he played a few matches. You could just see that he was awesome. It was almost like a team full of them yesterday. And it definitely the wingers, the centre-forward. Centre-forward looked like a lad, I think. He's, he, he was more built for a, um, a cricketer, I'd say, than, you know. But again, good goal and all over. Paul Harsley, ex-Reds, he was interim manager, wasn't he? A temporary manager when um, uh, when Hackingbottom, yeah, it's not, I didn't want to say his name, I forgot. <laughs> Hackingbottom went before the other bloke, because I'm not mentioning his name, um, came in. Paul Harsley's got a good set of lads there, hasn't he? And, and could probably come back and make a name for himself, because the way they approached it yesterday, they will have got some info from, from Paul Harsley. He knows the Barnsley setup. He probably knows most of these players as well. Some of them, I presume, like a Jared Bird, Maybe not Williams, but definitely someone else. Victor will have worked under Paul Harsley. So maybe a bit of advantage to Harsley. But in the end, a 3-3 and a shootout. Mama missing the only penalty for Barnsley. And Manchester goal through. Well-deserved winners, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, we we take that Everton match. Uh, and you, you can't really compare the under-21s of Everton to Manchester City. And that's the sort of difference between the youth setups at different Premier League teams. Uh Last night, for majority of game, Manchester City, it looked like a, a League One game just without the crowd. And and that's just how good the uh, youth set up down at Manchester City is. It is. It's a fantastic setup. Uh, we bow to the cup. Yesterday, uh, funny hearing it, um, as I was I was leaving, loads of people talking, suddenly saying they should never have played these. You know what I mean? It's, you know, is it sour grapes? I don't know. I thought we were just, you know, we, we, we Collie Woodrow had a penalty and it was saved. Um, you know, so we had our chance to finish it. You know, one of us, one of us missed the penalty, and therefore they go through. If I if I got it right, I think five under twenty one teams played just in the Checker Trade Trophy. Three went through. Um, it'd be very interesting, wasn't it? If both the North and the South winner is an under twenty one. So imagine a Chelsea versus, let's say, a Man City, because I can't see them selling more than ten fifteen thousand tickets, and they've got Wembley hired for this, haven't they? Yeah, it's. That's probably the worst scenario ever for this sort of competition. Probably for the EFL as well. They've brought it in because they want to give these lads the experience. Um, I, 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 I get that, and I completely get that in the experience. I don't think that should be at the cost of a League One or a League Two club. Because for a team like Barnsley, for teams like Lincoln, Accrington, Stanley, it's probably the only realistic chance they have to, to get to Wembley. 
Um, if you look at Accrington, doing very well in our league, you know, fantastic club when we had the away day. Are they going to make it to the playoffs? Mm, you'd like to, you'd, you hope so, but yeah, it's probably not. So we've been there, Johnston Spain Trophy, you know, that, that was a saviour that season. Us kept winning in that, sort of ignited our, our league form again. And it'd be a real shame if two league one, sorry, if two under 21 teams from Premier League got there because it's almost like they've stolen the limelight a little bit, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, they've. they've Stolen the opportunity for you know a League One, League Two side to get there, and, and we talk about you know a good day out at Wembley. What confidence is it going to do, kids, when you know there's hardly any fans there? It's probably going to cost more to put Wembley on as that venue than what they're going to make in you know the EFL. So uh, it just won't be a great a great situation if two under twenty ones teams went through to final. And I think for certain players in, in certain clubs in League One, but probably especially League Two, this might be their final club, they might be at that age. For some at League Two, that's their level. And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that because, you know, thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of kids dream to play professional football. And whilst everyone is probably aspiring to play for a Man City or a Man United or a Chelsea or an Arsenal... Um, there's not many kids that say, you know, oh, I'll be happy if I play for Accrington. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. to get to Wembley, um, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just think they got it wrong. I'd much rather have an away day at Geisley or Halifax in the Checker Trade Trophy than... C- can you imagine if they'd finished first in, the, in their group and we finished second and you played away at Manchester City on the 21s at some training complex somewhere? It, it's just not the same. So, yeah, I think it was a bit spoiled. Um, uh, no sour grapes about Manchester City winning because the team was there because the EFL allowed them to play. Um, on the night, they were probably... Um, well, they scored five penalties and we scored four and that's why they're through. Uh, we'll have a little break and we'll come back in a couple of minutes and we'll look forward to the away match this Saturday when Barnsley travel to Wickham Wanderers. The Reds Report on The Vibe. Sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley.
This is for the fans. The Vibe. Sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. 
Indeed, sponsored by Opium Indie Bar Barnsley. Um, before we go uh, look at Wickham, uh, young sir, Kyle, um, just looking on Twitter, Jordan Williams on Twitter, uh, on the official Barnsley FC Twitter, um, said, I'm happy to score my first goal, but it's disappointing to go out of the competition because you could get to Wembley. So it's a shame for the lads and we are disappointed. Hopefully I've shown what I'm capable of and the gaffer will have seen that and play me in the league, maybe. The main aim is to get in the league team and kick on from there. Now, that that gives us an interesting perspective, I suppose, because yesterday I thought Jordan Williams bombing forward looked absolutely awesome, and then defensively did his job and, and a little bit more most of the time. Should we look at maybe giving Cavari a rest and and and, and playing Jordan Williams, not Ben, not Ryan, but Jordan Williams? I, I think so. I think he like he obviously must have thought he pl- played really well last night to have that sort of statement and. I certainly thought he played really well. I, I had a giddy man at match last night, hands down. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably give that a go. I'd probably rest Cavari for a bit and put Williams in, just see how he goes on in league. I mean, like we've said, it's a good little marker because Manchester City were almost like a, a League One sort of side, so it's a good thing to be able to play like that against a side like that. So, is it a comparison we can draw, or is it? I'm going to play you because we're playing in the Checker Trade Trophy against the Manchester City under 21s. And I know he said he's taken it seriously, he wants to get to Wembley. But if you looked on the bench and Kiefer Moore's on the bench, Munker is on the bench, you sort of think, oh, yeah, is he? Um, or is it Jordan Williams maybe not firing on all cylinders and got a chance to show what he can do? Um, it, I suppose what I'm saying is, is he good enough to start in the league? Or do you think Stendhal wants to see what he can do and, and then maybe he needs to prove a little bit more and maybe start on the bench? I think he's good enough to start. Um, and I think these competitions are a good chance for players that don't usually play to sort of show their capabilities. And, and hopefully Stendhal can see that and put a bit of faith into Williams and and hopefully have that trust to start him almost. When I see Jordan Williams plays, I do see, I suppose, similar at times to McCarthy, obviously now a place for Wickham, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, that um, I, I sometimes wonder why they're not playing, and I don't know if that's something on the training ground or whatever, but obviously we spoke about Jordan Williams. Uh, earlier in the, in the show, you mentioned uh, Jada Bird and our midfield situation maybe for his own development, looking at, uh, you know, alone till the end of the season somewhere else, because I suppose it's difficult to see Jared Bird getting a break in, in, in the Basley team as it stands at the moment. So, Kyle, what, what other positions should we be looking at if, if, if you know, if Gaultier came to you and said, now nah, then, Mr. Walker, what do you think we need? What would you, what would, who, who or what position would be on your shopping list? Um, probably a more natural winger. Like we've just been speaking about, we have pots on the wing and you've said, you said, you know, are we playing pots on winger because we don't have another fit, natural winger that can play, so I feel like that's where we're lacking a little bit as well um, Tiam, like we said he's, he's off one game, then he's on it next game, so we've got a bit of inconsistency within him, so I think if you play Woodrow and, and Moore who has to be number one strike partnership up front it's a shame, isn't it, because we've, we've got no natural wingers, Ryan Hedges out is Groves ill would you look at a Williams? Because he's, he's, he's looked at a Jacob Brown and he's played Jacob Brown in that position before. Is that something do you think he should or he would look at? Because going forward, he's got a good pace, hard to get off the ball and, and put some really good balls into the area yesterday, didn't he? Yeah, I think that's a... You know, he's, he's showcased that sort of thing I think we've been lacking in league. You know, he got down that wing for the first goal, 
perfect ball in and it's a simple, easy goal for Adebayejo to tuck in. So, you know, it's an option that Barnsley could possibly look at. I just think he's probably, you know, he's weak. he might be a little bit weaker. He's not, he's not built, is he, Jordan? So maybe in a League One game he might get a little bit bullied, but he's certainly an option that Stendhal could probably look at. Up front, are we all right? Or are you looking for maybe a, a third-choice striker? Bearing in mind, we've got Victor. TM can play in that position. Jacob Brown can play in that position. Um, if, if you play, if you start with Woodrow and Moore, who would you have, who would you have on the bench as a, as a striker to come on? Um, that's a good question. I only have good questions. And it just <laughs> came to me. <laughs> I'd have probably... Uh, I, I'm thinking Adebayejo, yeah. I think um, earlier on in the season... When he'd come on as a substitute and, he, and he'd score, you know, even if it's a tapping, he scored it. So he, he maybe is an impact substitution. I'd, I'd probably have him on the bench. And I, I, the good thing is now, I suppose, when we play in a four-four-two, and you've got two people up front, that if if you come on, you've got a strike partner. Whereas at times, Kiefer Moore was almost on his own, supported with two wide players from the midfield. If you then take that position, um, Moore's got his height, so he can sometimes collect that ball and he's people to play off. Um, for Adebayejo, that was a really difficult position to fill if Moore came on. Although, like you said, impact off the bench, he's, he scored quite a few, hasn't he? Um, any players that you think probably won't get a look until the end of the season and maybe he might send out on loan? Because besides, uh, we've got a couple of people out on loan, haven't we? We've got one at Tranmere, Dylan Mutley-Henry, who got injured in the, their FA Cup tie and, and went off with, I think it was his hamstring, sort of early in uh, And we've got a couple more out. Anybody else that you think... Might or he might send out alone. If you're looking at a Jared Bird, who yesterday showed that I think um, fitness-wise is obviously there. Is is he ready for League One? Maybe not, but y- you could see Jared doing really well in a, in a League Two team just to get confidence and, and 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 match experience, I suppose. Yeah, I think it it'd do his confidence a world of good, world of good. Sorry, um, I think Ben Williams might be another one. You know, with Zeki Fryers coming back from injury, there's Pinny loss in that position. I feel like it'll be hard for him to get another look in this season, and and this might shock a few, but I just with the uh, central centre back partnership, can you really see Adam Jackson coming in when he's fit again? I mean, is he fit? I can't, I can't remember. If uh, well, he, he couldn't play yesterday, could he? Because he were carded the last yeah. time he got the he got the red. Um, who? who if in a four four two that we normally play, if Pinnock or Lindsay get injured, who would you, if 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 not Jackson, who would you put in their place, or would you have to? No, well, that's a good yeah, that's a good point. So I mean, maybe. Young, I forgot his name. It wasn't Michael Jackson? It wasn't. Um, we had somebody come on for a Checker Trade Trophy match, and he had a famous name. It wasn't Robbie Williams. Uh, oh, Smith, Will Smith, Will, Will Smith came on, didn't he? Yeah. Not you know, Man in Black <laughs> kind of Will Smith kind of, but. but you know, um, we've not seen him since. Jacko will look. I mean, I thought last year Jacko was one of the outstanding players, bit of experience. Um, a few shouts yesterday from the East and um, Lindsay, superb in collecting the ball, superb in tackles. Maybe the side that lets him down at times is his distribution. Yeah, I'd probably say that's about right. That to be honest. Um, yeah, he's good in in you know like a height situation. If a ball's coming in, he's getting it out. And that's what you want your defenders to do. We want to be stand tall and and get the danger from the opposition away. His distribution, I feel like when even if he don't become under pressure, he's just pumping it long and hoping. And sometimes that don't work. Obviously, a lot of time it will if Moore's flicking it on. But who's more flicking it onto uh, some at times? So yeah, I'd probably agree with that statement. Hmm. Um, 
Interesting time ahead, definitely. Right, we're going into the last five minutes, and I think we've pretty much digested everything, except, of course, the famous Kyle Walker preview of our next opponents, who are Wickham, uh, Wickham Wanderers, this Saturday at three o'clock. Um, I suppose just tell us a little bit about Wickham. I mean, I don't mean geographically, although I still don't know what it is. I thought they were up north, but obviously they're not. Um, last results, people we need to look out for. Just, just talk it through uh, Wickham. Uh, well, Wickham's last five games has brought them. They've not been playing too bad, to be honest. They've won three, drew one, and lost one, so that's not particularly bad form. Barnsley's lost one in in the last five, so Wickham are on that same path. Um, all season they've won seven, drawn seven, lost six, so it's not overly good, not overly bad. Um, obviously, I think we all know we have, have to look out for that Akin Fenway. He's a beast. Isn't he, he is more more than a beast. <laughs> uh, he's got five goals a season, but. Is six assists, so he's probably using his strength to his, you know, his uh, ability. And that's that, that's just it, isn't it? Because he's almost a danger man, although not scoring. So you've got suddenly you've got two to keep an eye on. So it's fair to say Lindsay and Pinnock, providing they would start, big test for him on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, well, like you say, he's an handful, and you see Keith Moore. You know, like when he challenges in air, and referee will give a free kick when you've got a challenge for a ball. Maybe Akinfemi does get a bit, you know riled up by referee's decisions because he's a really big lad and if he if he he barely has to nudge him and they're on floor so he'll get uh, frustrated with that so we'll have to watch for that it's it's fair to say isn't it that if we see Aki Fenmo versus Ethan Pinnock it's going to be volume versus height yeah. isn't it <laughs> <laughs> that'd be funny to watch um, Craig McHale Smith he's still going um, is he still playing yeah wow. I mean we remember him from his Brighton days he seems to be having a good season as well. He's got uh, three goals, I think. Okay. Do you want to know last meetings? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll just tell me first when they were, and then I'll tell you whether I want to hear or not. 2003, four. Nah. No, let's not. <laughs> anyway, last, th- last four meetings, three's ended in a draw and one in a Barnsley win, so. Ah, that's not bad. Um, completely off guard. Where are they in the league? Tenth. Oh well, I've done you know, I like it. <laughs> so I tend to think, not probably not as easy as we think. And I suppose the players, especially those that played last night, will want to prove to the fans because there'll be a big contingency again travelling um, and just to get that winning feeling back. Because I know, you know, the last away match was Sunderland. We know how that ended, and then we did okay in the FA Cup. Out of the checker trade, it's, it's a league match again. You don't want to lose two in a row in the league, do you? Because no. then that settles in. Probably perfect sort of dress rehearsal then for the next match which is obviously pumpy at home yeah I mean Barnsley yeah we won't want to lose because I feel like confidence will drop again and you don't want that we're in a good position to you know try and get back into in and around it we're top you know sort of three or four um, we've got a game in hand Burton um, I mean if you ask me I think Wickham aren't a bad side they'll definitely stay up but I feel like Barnsley will have too much for them on Saturday Right, so like we always do within the last minute, I'm watching the clock tick down. Um, I saw your score prediction then, Mr. Walker. Um, I, f- I don't think it'll be a tight game, but I think Barnes will edge it 1 0. Ooh. I, I, I was just thinking, because in, in one of the Facebook groups, Forever a Red, there's like a prediction game, and, and, and Gareth, Crapper, Gareth, wherever you are, fantastic work. Every week, six matches up, you have to predict, get points. There's 50 odd people in it. I'm third at the moment. And I was thinking, because that's one of the matches, and I was just sat here thinking, ah, I just 3-0 came to me. I, I'm just wondering if, because we have got, you know, we've got people in form, um, if we play a 4-4-2 with Potsy on the wing, 
Woodrow up front because he exists and Kiefer Moore. It's I suppose it's about us imposing our game and them worrying about us rather than us worrying about them, isn't it? So right. Well, we're back on the Reds report next week. Um, I don't want to go, although I'm over time. It's already six o'clock. Uh, before just mentioning our evening on the 25th of January at the Electric Theatre, which is the theatre at the side of Barnsley College. Uh, an evening with Barnsley FC. Kyle, Chris, myself will be there the evening presenting um, and having, I suppose, informal chats, question and answer sessions with Gautier Ganai, the CEO of Barnsley Football Club. We've got Martin Disco Devaney. Uh, Bobby Hassel is there. And uh, we're in... Um I'd say negotiations, ongoing negotiations with the club to have some uh, one, two or maybe three other guests there who talk a different language. Um, nothing can be confirmed as yet, but it's something that we're working on. Uh, the evening is to raise funds for this, for the vibe, for the community radio station that's manned with volunteers like Kyle, myself, Chris and everybody else that does uh, just such a wonderful job, but also for the Yorkshire Air Ambulance. Absolutely fantastic, by the way, that Steve Croft were back at Oakwell yesterday, um, being able to shake the hands of the people that saved his life and and I suppose I wasn't so bothered about the results when walking home because I saw that photo on Twitter and I thought that's probably more important than beating the Manchester City on the 21s. Um, if you're going on Saturday, enjoy your travels. Tweet us what you think, how you are and what your prediction uh, what your prediction is. We've got a 1-0 from Kyle. We've got a 3-0 from myself. Uh, we'll meet again in this same studio at 5 o'clock next Wednesday when we'll then be um, looking back at our uh, 3-0 win away at Wickham and we'll be looking forward to um, receiving the league leaders. Pompey at Oakwell. Thanks for listening. We're back next week here on The Vibe. This is for the fans. The Vibe. This is The Vibe. Jump into the music. Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest reliable network and serious savings. Ask how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Offer ends 10 22 Restriction supply. Call for details. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McDonald's share boxes ready to go. Ian's already got booked for double dipping, and Steve has stolen the last nugget. You're snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? You reds? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight analysis and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network.